Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hey. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. We are bringing this podcast to you on a victory Monday, and this podcast is brought to you by Barbasol, the new Barbasol Shave Club featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor. You can choose from different subscription frequencies, and you can cancel any time. Grab the starter kit today and use discount code BROWNS to receive $2 off your initial order. Visit Barbasol.com to order one today. So each and every week, uh, we like to call our grandfather after the game and just get a little bit of his perspective. He's the one that made us a Browns fan. Um, our dad's a Browns fan, and uh, we like to record that conversation and share it with you guys. So here's that. Hello. Hey, Grandpa. It's Matthew. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Matthew. How's things? Oh, things are good. Things are good. I can't complain. It's pretty cold up here, but that's about that's about the only thing I complain about. Yeah, it's cold here too. <laughs> what is it like? Fifty-five down there in Florida? Uh, it was it was it was fifty here before. But I, <laughs> it, so I looked a little bit later. Yeah, fifty. So it's it's pretty bad. What are you doing? Hunkering down in your in your house? You know, just battening down the yeah. hatches. Yeah, well, I had to, I had to turn the uh, heat up a little bit. It's been, you know, when it's 50 here, boy, it's damn cold. And it's been, and it's been in the 40s in early in the morning. What? Oh yeah, this is. We had, we had a frost here the other day, so it's been it's been ugly. I think uh, I think a Browns win can keep your spirits up even amongst the cold. Did you watch the game yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty damn good game. And no matter how you get the win, it's a win. Yeah, that's right. It's that's right. Game. I uh, I thought that they were they were, didn't start out too awful good. Again, I thought, oh boy, this is uh, they might have been a little bit a little bit flat here. But uh, but uh, Landry had a damn good game and sort of chop. I mean, they were they were <laughs> troubles like a machine <laughs> yesterday. He's moved a whole pile of guys on top of him. You see oh, I know. All you see is a, all you see is a pile moving. Chubb is underneath it. <laughs> you know, they're playing Saturday night now. They're playing the Broncos Saturday night. So that that's just, they, the Broncos have always been a menace for the Browns over the years. I like to see them really tear them apart. <laughs> Stick it to them for the fumble and the drive and, and all of those, those heartbreaking oh, yeah, moments. Well, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they never seem to forget that, you know. Talking about these fumbles here, this this, this Ziegler here, uh, he he cost them he cost them a lot of yards yesterday. That uh, that uh, with uh, those uh, holding calls. What is the holding calls? You know what they what they should do is uh, is charge them uh, two hundred dollars for the first holding call, and after that, <laughs> it's, uh, next next time you get caught, three hundred dollars next time, and he did you know. I think they catch on. You know, it's, not, it's nothing for for the money they make, but it's, it was it was just something to think about. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit impressed with this Freddie Kitchens, though. He seems to be calling a halfway decent game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we have our offense looks completely different, and we have the yeah. I saw today that we lead the NFL in yards per play since mm-hmm. Freddie Kitchens took over the play calling on offense, which is just <laughs> incredible. 
That is insane. Well, you know, when they were playing, when, when this Joseph, so this that extra point, I says, by God, I said, that's that could be a backbreaker. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I said, I've, I've seen it too many times where that mixed, missed extra point get you to lose the game. <laughs> that's and, hilarious because your, your son said the exact same thing. We were watching it with him. Yeah. <laughs> it it yeah. almost it almost got became bad. I mean, if we didn't stop them on that fourth and goal, yeah, they, they would have kicked that extra point, and yeah. we yeah. Would have had to go yeah. down the field and score. <laughs> well, it, it was a pretty it was an all around a, a good game. I, I enjoyed it. They they didn't do outside of Zietler. You know what they had to do? They put him in a straight jacket. You know. And t- how a straight jacket works? <laughs> yeah. You can't get caught. You can't get caught for holding if you're, you know, if you have a straight jacket. <laughs> I, I I don't think he'd be very effective. So <laughs> just have to hurl his body at the guy. So so, Grandpa, one more thing before I let you go. I heard that you saw my father-in-law when you were watching Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah. He was walking on the he was walking on the field, and the camera went on him for a couple of seconds. Oh yeah, and the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did you see who was standing next to him? Uh, I don't know. I, I me, yeah. Who was it? Me. I was standing right next to him, <laughs> and you didn't even see me. No. <laughs> yeah, I was on the camera right next to him, and you, you called Dad and started talking about my father-in-law and didn't even see that I was there. Your own well, grandson, Grandpa. Wait a minute. Grandpa. Wait a minute. You, you could have been walking maybe – Ten, 10 seconds before the camera went on him when I saw him, you know. No, so. no, I've seen the video. I'm in the shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a gray coat and I have my long hair and I picked my nose in, in the shot. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't see you. <laughs> I'm offended. I'm offended. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you go, Grandpa. Enjoy watching the game Saturday. We'll give you a call afterwards. Yeah, okay, guys. Thanks for calling. I'll talk to you. All All right. Right. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. So, my favorite part about that, there's always something. But the fact that Grandpa honed in on your father-in-law and not his own grandchild's face. Yeah. Completely missed you. Um, and then tried to sell it as if, like, you weren't on the screen. And you're like, no, I saw it. No. I, <laughs> Grandpa, there's this thing called Twitter where, like, <laughs> like all of these things just exist forever, right? <laughs> No, that that cracked me up. I got so many texts from friends, and then I came home, and Dad told me that Grandpa called. And I was like, did he say anything about and yeah, me? Yeah, and how many of your friends said, oh, I saw your father-in-law? Yeah. No, no they said no, I saw you. No, they saw me. Like, a bunch of them saw my father-in-law also, but they saw me. So, huge win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batting 75% for the last four games. Watching Browns games is, just feels different. It was like we played the Panthers. I wasn't intimidated coming in, and like we got punched in the mouth and early on, and it didn't completely scare me. It was kind of great. Yeah, and we clawed back. I felt like we could do it, and then we did what we needed to do right at the very end of the game. It was the exact opposite script of what normally happens. But we also didn't play great. Like there's the defense like, there's like left a lot the to be desired. The defense wasn't great. We didn't force a lot of turnovers. The Rashard Higgins drop, like we we left so many opportunities on the but field. But there was also the but Rashard we, Higgins catch. Yeah, like but they, but we still had the opportunity to like win, and we overcame. 
which which I think is the difference between this Browns team and Browns team from earlier in the season, but also years past. What is you, we've got that like margin of error where you don't have to play perfect to win, which is what good teams do. Yes, because good teams mess up. I don't know though. Often. I don't know though. It, Baker almost had a perfect game. He really almost had a perfect game. Like it's hard to put any to shoot any holes in how he played yesterday. And well, he had four incompletions. It, the bar for Baker is so much higher than whatever perfect was for Deshaun Kaiser or Cody Kessler or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like perfect, perfect for <laughs> Kaiser was like 20 for 30 yeah. with like a touchdown. That's like, it's like and no interception. It's like two thirds of what Baker can One do. Touchdown. You know what I mean? It's just a different ballgame. <laughs> no, absolutely. To, I mean, if we look back at this Baker performance. <clears throat> He was 18 for 22, and three of his four incompletions were drops. We, were, we talked about it right before the pod. It's the Njoku down the sideline. There was the Higgins, like, obvious touchdown. And then Chubb had the drop in the middle on that dump off where he kind of had a guy on <coughs> his back but should have caught it. I mean, some of those were hard catches. Um, but the they Chubb, all the Chubb definitely could have been maybe? caught. I mean, the, the other and ones the Njoku definitely one. should have been caught. The Njoku one, he had to turn his hips all the way around, but <coughs> he hit both of his hands. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely should have been caught. And an athlete like him, I expect him to catch that. I apologize for the coughing. I think I'm done. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Can't do this without Michael. Um, yeah, no, but Baker played perfect. And, and the thing about what Baker was doing this week is how precise his throws were. Like dropping it in windows over the linebackers consistently, taking some speed off the ball, zipping it right through windows when he had to. It's just... It's so satisfying. It's savory to watch. I haven't. It's just so crazy that that's our quarterback. I mean, the two like bombs that Baker threw this week. The the first play of the game coming out of the gate to Perriman yeah. was just ridiculous. Him like climbing the pocket, like basically running forward and just chucking it. Have you heard accurately. how Freddie Kitchens walked into the meeting room on Wednesday and said, "All right, guys, this is the play we're running to start the game." No, he like had it drawn up and they repped it all week. The, did you know the formation? I didn't realize this when I was watching it live. Um, I, well, partially because I think I was watching that play on my phone. Uh, but we had three tight ends, one running back, and one wide receiver. And it was Perriman. Perriman was the wide receiver. That's awesome. And he just went super deep. So that's why we had so much protection. And he had all the time in the world. And Perriman's quote after He's faster the, than everybody on yeah, the field. Yeah, and Perriman's quote after the game was, Bake just told me to run like hell. And, <laughs> and Bake just told me to run like hell, and he put a perfect ball out there. And he yeah. did. He, but can you imagine, like, from Wednesday to Sunday, you know your first meaningful rep is going to be a deep ball. And, like, can you imagine thinking about that? Like, I got to throw the ball 50 yards. Like, oh, I – like. I would be freaking out, like, oh, I hope I don't mess this up. Like, I and, think Baker's just like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and like, thank he, the Lord, to just be able to Baker execute is that. Not you, yes. Yeah. But like, no, Michael would choke. It's just, amazing to me. Just like the cornhole tournament. Oh yeah, UCF. <laughs> Plenty of times. Tell us a little bit about that, Matthew. <laughs> Michael is probably <laughs> the most 
like in his prime was probably definitely the, the most, most like accomplished athlete at the time. However, and the most consistently athletic. Yeah, probably. doesn't handle pressure great. <laughs> <laughs> Is also most prone to crumble. I think. I think Mark and I will both rise to the occasion from whatever we are to like like Low bar. step our game up. Yeah. Michael's game just crumbles. <laughs> I thrive when I have a mental edge. And when the mental edge is gone, it's bad news. JV Sports killed it. Yeah. Varsity. All right. Yeah. That is hilarious. Um, All right. What do you think was the most, besides that play, besides Freddie Kitchens, um, what do you think was the most important thing that we did this week that secured us the victory? Hmm. If you could pick one thing out, I know it's an accumulation of a lot of little things. Honestly, there, there, there's like just these 50 50 plays that, like the Jarvis Landry touchdown. Uh-huh. Like Baker fits it through that window great. But that's On a not a third and 17 play where it looks like the drive is dead. That's not a guaranteed catch. Oh, and it felt and like, dead. And like that, the, that momentum swing between punting or going for like a really long field goal, it's a 51 yard touchdown, so probably not even. Um, punting or touchdown. Yeah. Oh, it's like, an like enormous like swing in that the game. That makes a huge difference. And then... And that was to tie the game, wasn't it? That made it 14-14? Yep. Yeah. I mean... Crazy big. How did he catch that? It was I still can't catch. tell from watching from watching the replays. There's not really an angle that shows you how the ball fit through there. It just fit right... It was right through. It was amazing. Well, the the defender coming back from the sideline like didn't ever locate the ball. <laughs> if he had located the ball, he he would have been there. But that wasn't the craziest catch in the game. That DJ Moore catch where TJ Carey played the ball perfectly and it hit like he swatted at the ball oh, yeah. and it hit his forearm and DJ Moore just somehow lucky. like as he's like, like falling down, and, yeah. like just pinched between his hand and his leg and he had no idea about it until he had secured the ball and just kept going. Well, Jarvis makes plays. If you put Jarvis in that situation, he's more than likely going to make. How about Jarvis he's also a dumbass r- holding the ball, running in the middle of the field. Oh, the fumble! The fumble was ridiculous. Yeah, we had two fumbles, I, and I, we overcame both of those. Uh, they were both bad fumbles. They were like, both bad on fumbles. our side of the field. Like they were bad fumbles. Higgins' one was at like the twenty-five, wasn't it? To start the our Jarvis possession, wasn't it? It was our second possession. The that was the Higgins one. The Higgins that one was, was our second, second position, yeah, and, then, and then the Jarvis one was like, to start the second half, right? Or do we have those flip flopped? No, we don't have them flip flopped. Okay. Um. Yeah, but we overcame that, and that's great. What do you think, Michael? You got um, one thing. The I don't know if I have one thing. I think that our stopping them on fourth down at the end of the game was definitely what solidified it. Um, oh shoot! I meant to look at this. Somebody said that we had both Larry and Miles off the field for that stand. Really? I meant to I check that when I rewatched. That. I rewatched it today, but I did it pretty quick in the condensed version, and I forgot to check on that. I have a hard time believing that, but maybe so. They threw the ball. I mean, it wasn't like there was like huge stops up the gut or anything like that. And Ogan Joby. There was a time or two when I saw him in the backfield, but I did, when I was watching, I paid special attention to him. It definitely looked like he was favoring that right arm. Like, he was not able to get the, like, push and the, like, just really get in there and rush. I mean, he was definitely going with his off arm and not 
ever putting any effort into that bicep that's hurt. He which got, makes sense. I mean, he got called for a couple penalties, but I thought TJ Carey played really great. Like to get called for some of the penalties that he got called for, like you have to be right there. You know, it was it was like a a, a wrap around. Well, yeah, no, one of them was call. complete BS. There was two calls that I thought were horrible. There was that TJ Carey pass interference call, and then the Zeitler um, second, the second Zeitler the second holding Zeitler call. holding, which they were back to back, I think. Yeah. But that we'd already had one, and then we completed a good pass to Jarvis on the second play whenever he got called for holding. Got called back. That got called back, and it wasn't holding. He just completely mauled the defensive tackle and pancaked him, and that for some reason got called holding. I think the defensive tackle's legs got caught up on somebody else, and so he went, like, he lost his balance and got got bowled over. And Zeitler did have his left arm wrapped around, like, his left side and over his shoulder, but he drove him into the ground from his right arm, and it definitely was a clear force. He wasn't pulling him down. Um, I just went back and I looked at the footage, and, yeah, Ogunjobi and Miles Garrett are not there on the fourth down play, at least. Why? Like, like I'd be interested to know. Like, is Miles just gassed? Like, it, like I, I get why Ogunjobi's maybe not there if he's if he's not a hundred percent. Like, we saw him standing on the sidelines way more than he he normally would. But what's Miles doing on that play? I, I mean, so what it worked was the out. package? Would, did they have two true defensive ends in there? Was it like Chris Smith and Zettel? I, or? I can't see all the. I mean, we got Coley in there in the middle, and then Avery rushing Avery on, the side. on the outside. And can we talk about that's Zettel? Then, um, yeah, it's Chris Smith, Zettel, yeah, Coley in the middle. That's like our our true second string D line. That's our crazy. true beef. But Zettel's been in there on a bunch of goal line. He must be showing. Well, he's good. He's pretty good against the run. Because he's he's yep. not super athletic, like he's pretty just stout. Can we talk about our our linebackers? When Jannard Avery's in there, he's regardless so of what he's being asked to do, he makes plays. He made a, when Taylor Vallejo is in there, he just can't get out of his own way. Like like he he's not a good linebacker, and he can't. He get tries it. really hard. Matthew. He tries really really hard, and that's what makes <laughs> him a great special teams player. But he's a terrible linebacker. He can't get out of his own way, and he can't get into other people's and way. And he's Buddy's way, right? Yeah. No, he is. No, no he gets in, but he's kind of like the fly that gets in your way. We talked about this. Oh, like, that, yes, yes, yes no. Annoying, but not a hindrance. <laughs> annoying, but not a problem. <laughs> no, we, he, he, well, on that, um, that one of that Christian McCaffrey touchdown, Vallejo whiffed him. He had him squared up in the hole. And he just like limp noodled him. Well, we talked about this, and that the reason Tanner Vallejo is good at special teams is he's just good at like getting his momentum up and running into people. He needs to play safety and just <laughs> yeah. start... <laughs> and just play downhill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's it's really is a shame that they gave that touchdown to McCaffrey because Collins stuck him right there at that goal line. It was one of the most quick change of directions that I've seen at the goal line. In a long time, not something you see from Jamie Collins very often. The um, on the first drive that the Panthers had, they were at about the twenty yard line or something like that, and they did a swing pass to McCaffrey, or maybe it was a delayed handoff, um, and he went off the left side, and Schobert was on, had the assignment, and he went he to and he missed the tackle, um, and he took the a pretty good angle, but he just didn't have the speed to get out there. 
Um, and that was like, oh, geez. That's like somewhat yeah. eye-opening, too. Like, I didn't even feel like he misplayed it necessarily. No, he just he just mistimed the tackle. It was <clears throat> it was one of those where he, he dove and, like, went to grab his legs, and his legs, like, popped out of between yeah. his arms, like, as he, as he closed in there. Uh, but I, I want to see more Gennard Avery. I want to see less Tanner Vallejo and more Gennard Avery. I don't know why we're playing him as many minutes on defense as we are. Or maybe he just shows up when he's on the field on defense because he's well, that bad. Vallejo? Yeah. Well, who's saying the I'll, opposite of I'll that? Find I don't, I don't think find anyone's saying the opposite of that. But have you seen Avery produce really well in the run game? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen him. He can pass cover pretty well. Because he's quick and he can pass rush. Well, totally didn't call really it. He well. played like middle linebacker yeah. at, Me- at, at Memphis. Memphis. I mean, so I'm not worried about him going up in the hole. Dude, I is, just haven't dude seen is it. a bowling ball. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like if he's got to take on a a like pulling guard or something, I'd rather have Avery there than Vallejo. Yes. Looking at snap no counts, Terrence Mitchell played all but one defensive snap. Good for him. And he was hardly seen because they never threw yeah. his way. Well, I think he's fresh. I mean, his arm's been healed for like three weeks. He just hasn't been able to get back on the field because of the rules. We're going to be good in the defensive secondary once Denzel Ward comes back. Mm-hmm. And we've got Mitchell, and now Carey's playing well. And they've gotten, playing, playing they've snaps, gotten all these reps. reps. They did not look great at the beginning of the season. No. But since they've been playing, they've really started coming to their own. And, I mean – Honestly, we really have a chance to win these next three games. We got the Broncos and the Bengals and the Ravens, both of whom we have already beaten. We've won three of the last four. The Broncos if we already- just had a fired Hugh right at the beginning of the season, the Broncos beat the Steelers two weeks ago, but the Steelers also just lost to the Raiders. The Raiders got their third win of the year. One was against us when they lost. Yep. An asterisk win. Yeah. Classic asterisk win. Oh, my god. Tanner Vallejo only played six defensive snaps. And yet you noticed <laughs> him so much. Probably six times. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe uh, I'm just completely Michael wrong. going deep into the number. His face was an inch away from the screen. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, like. Do we not have somebody else who can play those six defensive snaps? Yeah, Gennard Avery was out there for 60, and Vallejo was out there for six. But but doesn't it feel like every time <laughs> Vallejo's out there, like he flashes just this like liability? Yeah. It's because you don't know you you notice it because he messes something up. Like, Here's I, what I don't get. What this is I, what I was thinking. What would I give for Why James wouldn't... Burgess or a BJ Bella right no, now? No, 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 no. <laughs> like Did you, you think you would say okay, that? No, no, no. Yeah. But don't we have this player? Why in the world can you not just put an extra strong safety on the field? Why wouldn't you put Kindred or Peppers? Kindred play in that spot or Peppers. Wouldn't that you spot? rather that situation? You would think so. I don't know why I mean, you Anything's got to be better than Vallejo on defense. I mean, both of those guys can play in the box and make that tackle. I feel better about both of those guys I mean, that's what making Peppers those plays. Did at Michigan, and that's Played kindred right strength too. That's yeah. my take. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I think Vallejo played about six snaps too many on defense. <laughs> Probably so. Tearing him a oh, new man. one on the pod this week. How many missed Tanner ta- Vallejo? How many missed tackles? Do don't you have? listen to the pod this I'm week, just, Tanner. I'm just looking at the snap counts. Oh my. Collected a paycheck, though. It's good. Poor guy. All right, so oh. our offense has been operating on a cylinder 
completely different than whenever Hugh was our our head man. Um, I saw I saw some stats on Baker Mayfield's different in difference in passer rating with Hugh through the first like eight weeks of the season. He didn't play obviously every game, but his passer rating was seventy eight point nine. Now with Freddie, it's one hundred and fourteen point four. Stark difference. One hundred and fourteen is it's, insane. Is good. That's really good. Stark difference. It's probably the top three in the league over that stretch. Oh, you made a comment about how like accurate he was. The throw that exemplifies his accuracy to me is that ball that he threw to Njoku down the left sideline. It was kind of like an almost like an outside seam route. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, we talked about it during the game. And. When you some people have been throwing it all up on Twitter this afternoon. Once nuts. the coach's tape came up, because you can see it from the back, and it's like, how did he decide to throw that ball? And he put so it there. in the exact like one foot window that he possibly could put it. Unreal. Love to take him to the fair sometime. Yeah. Speaking of, I played in an arcade the other day. You know the game where like the little like trying to hit over the, the rug the type mip. clowns like are up and you hit them with the balls and you knock them down. Yeah. They like come up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Had a blast. Won lots of little toys for my kids. Were you oh, a Chuck nice. E. Cheese? No. It was a. Uh, it was like one of those super sized bowling alleys that's got all kinds of stuff. Fun fact: I was at Chuck E. Cheese the other day. Don't ask me why. Um, <sighs> but that place is creepy. That yeah. is a sad, sad, awful place. place. Yeah. It's it. Probably hasn't evolved since it was created. Oh, no, it hasn't created. been updated in 30 the, the years. The animatronic mouse comes out, and yeah. it's, like, yeah. jolting, and it's, like, yeah. singing its song, and it's, like, kids are screaming, running for the hills. Yeah. No, it's, it's terrifying. Bad. Yeah, example of, <laughs> hasn't like... Hasn't aged well. Like, how much easier would it be to film, like, a good, like, animated film that could go up on a screen versus, like, have the frightening... Oh, and how much more would kids enjoy it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, but no, no, we've been doing this and it's been no, working. It's, it's the robot mouse thing. <laughs> That's what we do. That's just, the Hugh Jackson effect right just there. Just get rid of the robot mouse. Oh, man. We digress. So, anyway, Freddie Kitchens is doing something else entirely for our offense that we didn't think possible at the beginning of the season. Um, we were averaging 4.87 yards per play um, whenever Hugh was leading our offense. And now that was the fourth worst in the NFL. Now with Freddie, we're nine point or six point nine five. I do want to say that first. Todd Haley deserves some of the ire as well, and I do think Hugh is part of it. Yeah. But no, it's we're giving Freddie the credit and we're giving Hugh the blame. And I like giving Hugh the blame. It, it is fun giving Hugh the blame, but Todd Haley <laughs> needs to get grouped in there too. Because, I mean, Lord knows if uh, Hugh Jackson was here, it definitely wouldn't be his fault. It would be Todd Haley's fault. Yeah, completely fair. But what, so, what do we want to do with him? What, what is the, I don't want to lose Freddie Kitchens moving forward in next season, but I don't necessarily want to keep Greg Williams, Greg Williams as our head coach. My opinion two weeks ago was, I don't know, it's a pretty small sample size, and I don't know that that's, it's getting this bigger. is too sustainable, but it's every, bigger. every week, I like the idea of Freddie Kitchens staying on more, and I'm kind of on the side of the fence now, where... It seems like we'd be pretty stupid to let him go. I mean, we're three and two since he took over. But how do you how do you enter a head coaching search with that in mind? And I, I my opinion is that Freddie Kitchens is more important than Greg Williams. My opinion is, is Freddie that, Kitchens is more important than our head coach. 
I don't know. I think the head coaches. But then, so what does that mean to you as far as you're like looking for the head coach? Find a head coach that's going to keep Freddie Kitchens. But if it's a Hugh Jackson type blame shifter, like it's going to bring down the house. Nah, but a Hugh Jackson type blame shifter wouldn't come to a place where we say you got to keep Freddie Kitchens. I don't know. I, mean, I don't he, know how that works. I don't, I don't know if there's ever been any precedent for something like that. I like a coach generally brings in their own staff, but I don't. I think it's the opposite, though. I don't think you. I don't think you go into the coaching search and be like, you know what? If you keep Freddie Kitchens, you get the job. Like you keep that to yourself, and you know that you like Freddie Kitchens and want to keep him around, and, and you give you, him the nod after. Yeah, and when somebody comes to you and is like, honestly, I think Freddie Kitchens has been doing a great job. I want to keep him on staff. Then you're like. You're the guy. You're the guy, you know? Yeah. And that's why, like, I wasn't – I like Bruce Arians a ton. But when when this whole thing started, I wasn't, like, sold on him. He's played this perfectly. Just, like, let let things I, out as, as, as it became, like, a super popular safe opinion. It's also, like, played out well for him, no, given that Freddie Kitchens has been has. on his staff and, like, he's got ties to Cleveland and, like – but, like – how dude, much dude is playing this great? Here, here's a legitimate question. He's the he's the leader in the clubhouse right now. He's got to be right. Here's a legitimate question: How much information week to week is Bruce Arians feeding to Freddie Kitchens? Like I I wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't shock me at all if they're spending hours on the phone in the middle of the week during game prep and Bruce Arians is giving him his thoughts after watching film. Because you cause know Bruce Arians has, like, an itch that he needs to scratch. Because he's thinking... And he, wa- he like, that dude just loves coaching if, football. If Freddie Kitchens kills it, it's his ticket to being the head coach in well, Cleveland. It, there's no way... It doesn't hurt Bruce Arians in any way. It's true. He has no ties to anyone. He's worked closely with Freddie Kitchens for years. It wouldn't shock me at all if yeah. Bruce Arians was a significant part of Freddie who Kitchens' was, success. Who would be... This a, year. So if, if Bruce Arians gets this job, who's the defensive coordinator? Who was that defensive coordinator of ours who had dreads? Not dreads, like cornrows. Oh, he was terrible. What's, was, that, what's that guy's name? But he was our defensive coordinator twice, and he was from Arizona with Bruce Arians. I want to bring him back. No. <laughs> For the third time around. No, he was so bad last Wait, time. Who is this? I don't remember this at all. Oh, what's his name? It was Hughes' defensive coordinator whenever Hughes started, and he was so bad. And then he got fired after the first year, and they brought in Greg. Oh, he's he's what are the Ray odds? Horton. Ray, oh, Ray Horton. Horton. Yeah, he had cornrows. Bring yeah. him back. Yeah. Maybe only like the first Ray time. Cornrows. Maybe not the second time. Maybe only the first time around. But um, bring Ray Horton back. What are the chances that Greg Williams offers to stay as defensive coordinator because he likes this team? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. When you have as many job offers on the table as yeah, Greg Williams, got, why would you do that? That's like a Greg Williams thing. Didn't you hear gotcha. that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not going. No one's going to offer him to be a head coach, I don't think. He's proven time and time again he's a defensive coordinator, and I don't know that he wants to be a Candidly, head coach Candidly, I don't necessarily want him to be our defensive coordinator. Bring in Todd Bowles to be the defensive coordinator. I mean, he hasn't somebody, done poorly I, this year. You know what? I did hear somebody make a comment that I don't think is my natural instinct or like how I viewed the situation, but seemed pretty poignant. Greg Williams' scheme... In today's NFL, when offense seemingly is ruling, like very few teams are dominating through defense, right? Most of the teams that are elite are dominating on the offensive side of the ball. 
and there's a few like really good defenses, but they're far and few between. You want a opportunistic defense that's going to take advantage, take some risks, get the big plays when you need the big plays. You're going to go for the ball. You're going to give up points anyway. So yeah, you might as well like, yeah, like con- concede the points and like try to get the turnovers. <laughs> and the point being, today's NFL is kind of geared around towards the type of defense that Greg Williams coordinates. And I don't know if I'd ever really thought about it in that, that way. way before. Yeah. Um, but it makes some sense. But it's true. That, what do you have to do against like the Rams? Well, unless you're the Bears, what do you do against the Rams? You get a few really key stops. You're not going to stop them, right? Yeah. Like you're going to make some big plays in key moments and keep them on their toes where they're not going to know exactly what's coming. And getting fat sacks on second down is going to really help that. Yeah. So anyways, that's I. there could be something to that. And he certainly hasn't been bad. You're right. You said you made that comment, and I don't think he's been bad. So can we talk about Miles Garrett for a second? I always, we're talking I always about like defense. that topic of conversation. He is now tied, I think, for third in the NFL in sacks at 12 and a half. Here, here. Dilly, dilly. Behind Aaron Donald and Von Miller. So that's good. That's real good. It's good company. I almost tweeted the list of the top five, and then I realized Bradley Chubb was number five, and I was like, no, I don't want all those replies. <laughs> <laughs> and so, How nasty would that have been, though? So I just decided, I just decided no, I'm not going to do that. It's also hard to judge when Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are in the top five. Like, it's hard to defend both of them. You know, it's the same situation as we would have had if he'd come to Cleveland. But it's hard with how well Denzel Ward has played. It's hard to argue that we made the wrong choice. Correct. Oh, I'm like, not upset about this at all. Yeah, for sure. yeah, but how nasty would it have been to have Bradley Chubb? Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. We, that's yeah. what we said. Go back and listen to our old podcast. That's all we talked about. Like, but So I think the next step, as I've been like just watching other games and stuff, I mean, Miles Garrett's only in his second year. It's his first healthy year. Like, he was battling a high ankle sprain all year last year. So, and we're, I mean, he's phenomenal. I think he had seven QB pressures, and he should have had that strip sack that we, Cam Newton just, Connie just made a good play making that little pass. Uh, But he did have one sack. Pass. In air quotes. It technically, technically by the rules of the game, was a pass, but it was goofy looking for sure. I feel like he, needs to get another level of aggression when he gets to that second level towards the quarterback. When you watch like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald like rush the quarterback, what sets them apart is when they get there, they literally attack. Like when Khalil Mack gets there and has an opportunity to pounce, he literally like leaves his feet and like, well, like destroys that, people. It was like that Aaron Donald strip sack, not this week, but last week, oh. where he beat the double yeah. team and then full <laughs> flying leap. Like full. he looked yeah. like no. he looked like the Florida Panthers logo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? like, like going after it. That's exactly right. Yeah. It was that play no. and a Khalil Mack play from either this week or last week that like clued me in on this. It was like I don't know if I've seen Miles like really take that next level of aggression. Like he's right there where the quarterback is close and that like closing aspect isn't quite there yet. And I think it will come in time. Those guys all have about 5 years uh, in the league. So I don't know, but do you think that's in Miles' wheelhouse? I, I think mean, he's he's a, he's a poet. He's a soft-spoken guy. I think he's Miles a kind is soul. tired. I think he's still figuring out like I think he he power rush bull rushes too often i think he uses a ton of energy doing that all the time and i so i think he's exhausted Mm -hmm. 
at the end of a game. Well, and he's not staying in the whole game anymore, which is nice for his longevity throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, that's interesting. It's true. It'll be nice to get another complimentary pass rusher. I think I, I think if we have one disappointing element to this season, and maybe he's hurt because he, he did get a high ankle sprain earlier, but Ogba only has three sacks on the year. Yep. Which... Ogba's like a really solid defensive end, but he's never going to be but like a But he's not a sucker. pass rusher. Like... He's more of a swing guy. You're going to probably want to move him in on pass rushing downs. Yeah. Like you want somebody else come tearing off the other edge. Yeah. Yep. It's and, nice to have Avery rushing right over the top Gennard of him. Jannard Avery and somebody else that we'll get this offseason who can just that's, – that's when it would have been nice to get like a Harold Landry in the, mm. in the draft. Tell me about you it. You know, mm. who's just a pure speed, speed finesse rusher mm. where you drop Ogba inside, you've got Garrett – You've got Harold Landry screaming off the edge, and you're giving people problems. Harold Landry's playing fantastic. Yeah. He's been great for the Titans. No, absolutely. Been absolutely great for the Titans. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so there's there's all of these pieces here for next season. If we start, if we play at the beginning of next season like we did have the, at, to close out this season – um, we got a chance. We're gonna be so good. We got, yeah, we got a Baker is so freaking good. Eighteen for twenty-two. Nick Chubb is so freaking good. Yeah, you could like. There's a chance he's the best running back in the league next year. From what we've seen of him getting most of the snaps since we done the chain over changeover and traded Carlos. And you know what's crazy? Our offensive line blows except for our two guards. Well, like, they, like J.C. Treader's been like hobbled on a high ankle sprain and can't hold a block to save his life our tackles but i would contend oh that it's just the trider injury is the reason why he blows he'll if he's back to 100 percent, he's not a bad center and greg robinson hasn't been he hasn't been atrocious he hasn't been atrocious he's but, been he but, hasn't been bad i would say he's been an average left tackle which is not what you want from the left tackle position but but he's not a good left tackle so, like, imagine if we had a good left tackle. Um, yeah, no, definitely going into next season, we're, we're looking optimistic. And, I mean, when's the last time we could say that we weren't last in our division? Which, this week, we can say we are not last in our division. We're I want to have this division place. talk. I want to have this division talk. Uh, I, know, I, I know when that was. It was, like, week three. <laughs> That's three. true. <laughs> um... Maybe so, not this late in the season, though. I do want to have this division talk in just a second. I was thinking about a few of these players that we've like kind of stumbled upon that, whose contracts are expiring. Like Greg Greg Robinson? Like Greg Robinson. He'd be a nice player to have around. Like Brashad Perriman. Okay, so let's just take those two guys. Like, What kind of deals, like right now, where you're sitting right now, would you want the Browns to sign them to? Well, Perriman's going to be so cheap. Because he's going to be looking to just save his career, right? Like, he he probably likes what he's kind of stumbled into in Cleveland. So, I would... Ex- I would hope so, but the more he, like, produces. drags on, the more he produces, like... He but, like first but round he's pick. not going to produce that much but, because like, we spread the ball around But he's so not... Much. Like, he's a fine wide receiver in our offense. So he's not killing it, right? Yeah. He had, what, two catches this week? Two yes. Two big catches. Two huge catches, right? Yes. Um, but he's not killing it. I would expect he gets like a, 
a two or three year deal at a at a pretty low salary bar. Greg Robinson is give a, me a number. What's a low salary bar to you? A couple million dollars a year. I, I mean, I I could see it be like a three year, ten million dollar deal or something. Like we signed all these cornerbacks for. Yeah, I mean, not nothing that's gonna light the world on fire, but something that he could feel pretty good about and get a little stability and yeah. give himself a chance to establish his career. And I think then I was go think, get another contract. I was thinking two years for like five or six for Perriman would be yeah would be great. Yeah, Greg Robinson's a different deal because there's a dearth of left tackles in the league, and some team will be like. You played fine. You've had experience. You were a high draft pick. We'll sign you. Yeah, come play. So, so I don't, I don't know what the contract for Greg Robinson looks like. I don't know, but there might be a um, situation where that guy's bounced around enough that I wonder where he, where if he wants the reps. security and to know that he's going to be coming team and like as an offensive lineman. Your value is significantly impacted by the guys around you. And so to be able to know that whether you're playing left tackle or right tackle for the Browns, you've got either Batonio or Zeitler right next to you. Yeah, and you've a got a, a you're in a good, healthy spot. The longevity of your career is probably better than like the short term gain that you might get by signing for a little more money somewhere else. I mean, but I don't know that I want to pay him a whole lot to keep him from going somewhere else. What is what is like a, a low end offensive line salary though? Like like eight million dollars a year, right? Like left tackle. When they hit free agency, it's it's crazy. Well, Austin Raider just signed with the Chiefs a couple weeks ago for like three million a year. Dang. It was like two years, five or six million. What did what did like middling left tackle free agents in the NFL get this year? Austin Reader, who's always been a f- who I've a always fan. been a huge fan of, but he's like starting for them. I noticed that yes. when we were playing. Yes, um, their center got hurt and he and he went in and he's been playing well. All right, let's see because he's a good player. Oh man, I'll I'll tell you what. It's not looking good for the left tackle of free agency class. You've got Cedric Aboye, Jake Fisher from the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals whiffs. Those two guys got drafted in the same draft. I know. Are, I know. We really, are we really already four years in on those guys? Yeah. That's crazy. Greg Robinson. I don't think if you put a gun to my head, I would have said four years. I would have said three. Uh, yeah. Dead. That's yeah. going to be bad. Be in a better um, place. Greg Robinson might be the top, the top tackle there. <laughs> Wait, you think Greg Robinson is the best tackle? Free agency. How old do you think Greg Robinson is? He was very young when he came out. He's probably only a year removed from his rookie deal. Twenty-seven. Very young when he came out. I'm going to bet the under. 26. He's 26 years old. Let's go. Dude has been on like four NFL teams, and he's 26 years old. Yep. It's quite the life. All right, Michael, what did you say you were in? How old is Coleman? Sean Coleman. Sean Coleman's probably 27. Is he on a team? Where did he go? I have no idea. 
He's probably on the Chiefs. That, that would make sense. They have all of our old offensive linemen for much cheaper uh, than we have ever We had traded him to the 49ers. That's what happened, remember? I hardly remember. He's 27, though. Mark, don't do that. I'm rubbing my beard on the microphone. Sorry. All right, Michael, what did you say you wanted to talk about? Well, we have, you said you had a soapbox. Hit me with it. We're just in an interesting spot with the division. We all have three games left. The Browns are no longer in the cellar. We're ahead of the Bengals. And because everybody else lost this week, and we're the only team that won, there's a path for us to not only potentially make the playoffs if we one out which is really ridiculous like we just have we're to not make the playoffs we have to win one game at a time and if we win them all like there is a scenario where it could happen but it's still not likely at all well even if we win all three we're we're okay. probably not making the playoffs but <laughs> i'm no, not with the colts and the titans and the dolphins it's more fun for me to think of this in the smaller context of our division yeah because there's a chance for us to make the playoffs by winning our division it's true <laughs> Okay, true. which is insane. <laughs> like, to not not going to lie, might be more likely than us making the playoffs as a wild card. Okay, because the schedules left for these teams are insane. So we're already better than the Bengals. So we have to win out if we're going to make the playoffs by winning the division. So Bengals, Bengals are a write-off. Okay, like we're already ahead of them if we're going to put ourselves in position to, to win. So now we're just looking at Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Okay, this next week, Pittsburgh plays New England. All right. Yeah. Okay. They're pissed off. They just lost yeah. to the Dolphins. I think though. that's a loss. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be a loss. It is in Pittsburgh, so it's it's. It, I'm sure it will be a good game. Baltimore's playing Tampa Bay. Okay. Now I should also tell you what the records are for Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's seven five and one. We need them to lose every game, and we need to win every game. We should do this like baseball. How many games ahead are they? They are two, two games, games ahead, All but right. the tiebreaker goes to them. So we need to. For, ahead Pitts, of them for Pittsburgh or for... For Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, because they beat us in the head-to-head. Right. In head-to-head. And we tied. Baltimore's seven and six. So we need to win three and have them lose two of their next three. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Who Pittsburgh plays New England. Then one, they Pitts- one of those games that Baltimore plays is against us. Correct. So. Correct. So I'll go team by team. Pittsburgh first. They play New England. Then they go to New Orleans. Play New Orleans in the dome. That's brutal. Okay, so two losses. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, like, really realistic. Potential. Yeah. Okay. But then they so, play well, Cincinnati. And then they play... No, and then they play Cincinnati. Yes, they play Cincinnati All in right, Week well, 17. Which, that's what's going to be that kills To it. get them to go to the playoffs, they just have to beat Cincinnati. We need yeah. effing Dr- Jeff Driscoll to beat Pittsburgh in Week 17. Hey. And it's just not going to happen. It maybe maybe he could pull out one W for I, us, but it'll still make for an exciting week seventeen. So even if like yeah. we're still going to that point, yeah. Baltimore. But that, we need them to lose two games. That puts Pittsburgh at eight, seven, and one at the end of the year. That's bad. Oh, even that would still put them in to win the division at eight, seven, and one. You're saying if yeah. they beat yeah. Cincinnati, yep. <laughs> and it's very much in play. Baltimore, but that's what you get when you lose to Oakland. But to lose. That's just so many losses that have to be strung together. I mean, together the Browns the lost to Oakland, too, so we can't like, say much. It's just but, so many okay. losses that have to be strung together. Okay, but look at both. Okay, but New England and New Orleans are not far-fetched for the Steelers to lose. Where are those? Not at all. That's New England no. in Pittsburgh. And then and New, New Orleans, Orleans in New Orleans. Orleans. But compound the two together, the chance that they win one of them is... 
Probably it's not far fetched either. Thirty-five percent, something like that. Hey, I like my. I chances. want it to happen. Baltimore needs wrong. to lose two of their last games, like you said, Mark. Week seventeen is against us, so that's already one. Then they just have to lose one of two. They're playing Tampa this week at home. Then they go to the Chargers. All right. Well, that's what's their record right now. They're seven and six. So we just need them to lose two of those games. So if they lose to the Chargers and us, we're ahead of them. And then we get second in the division, even if we don't win. Second in division. And they're at San Diego? Yeah. Which honestly, that Chargers team is nasty right now, especially once Melvin Ingram comes back. Do we Melvin want Gordon. to get Melvin Gordon? Do we yeah. want to get second in the division? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we kind of do, but then it makes your matchups for next year's exactly. schedule harder. Yes, we do want it. But, okay. but there's I mean, so much why? there's so much that happens in the NFL. I mean, cuz you can just say suck it to the Ravens as you walk off the field and you feel great the entire yeah. offseason. Yeah. I, I mean, it's literally going to be the last game for second. The last game is going to be for second in the division, probably. Yeah, I mean, we got last in the it division. It might not be because we might not win. We got last in the division, and our schedule was brutal this year. All right, let's see what division we even play next year. That it would make a difference. So, anyways. The, the AFC It's going to crack me up if we win our next two games and the Steelers so, lose their next two. And so, we go into week 17 <clears> like that. Next year, it's the AFC West. Which would mean the Chargers, probably, if we finish second. Mm-hmm. If we finish third, it would mean the Broncos. <laughs> in oh. the AFC South, which in this case is... We play the AFC South next year? Well, no, that's the, the matchup based on finish. So we would, avoid, we would avoid the Saints. It would probably be who's yeah. the Panthers or the Falcons? Something like that? AFC South? No, yeah. that's like the Jags, Titans, Colts, Oh, yeah. yeah. So it yeah. could be the... Titans. All those teams suck. All those teams suck. So it doesn't I'm matter. It doesn't matter yeah. where we finish because yeah. we'll play one of them. I wish right. that was our divisional. Ooh, next year we get to play the Cardinals, the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins. Are you serious? The 49ers. There might be three AFC North teams in the playoffs next next year. <laughs> are, are we also have to play the Rams? Let's be fair. And the Patriots, but <clears throat> there might yeah that that there is might a, be three AFC North. North. So that's a pretty three favorable AFC schedule. I'll take it. That's like what's going on this year with um, the AFC South. They play the easiest teams. Yes, yeah. they do. And they're still all bad. And the Bengals are going to be terrible. Because <laughs> Hugh Jackson's going to be their head coach. Yeah, all right. I'll, play. I'll finish second in the division. That'd be satisfying. I'll finish first in the division, too. That'd be great. But literally, we take it one week at a time. I mean, but if we beat Denver this week, we have to head out to Denver. That's a tough game. But then we play Cincinnati. You got to think we can pull that one off. Against Driscoll, full game. With Absolutely. No AJ Green. I mean, I would think we're going to pull that one off. And then we've got the showdown in Baltimore, week 17. If that happens, I would want to be there so bad. Which will be interesting. That'll be an interesting game to who's going to be the starting quarterback for Baltimore. You have to think it's going to be. Lamar Jackson, but if it probably he get depends. Killed between now and then because they're running him so much. But I mean, it probably depends on how they're they're winning. I mean, if they lose two games going into that game, I guess if they're out of playoff contention, why the hell not? Just keep playing Lamar. I don't see any or scenario unless he gets could hurt. Be true, unless he gets hurt, I don't see any scenario where they would take Lamar out. Harbaugh is hitching his wagon to Lamar and trying to prove that he can win with him, so that he can keep his job. So. I would assume that he's going to keep him in there. That's a weird situation. Everyone's talking like John Harbaugh's gone. If John Harbaugh season. gets fired, would you want him in Cleveland? 
with Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator? Yes. I would take that. He's he's like the type of head coach I would want. Yeah. Who I mean, he came. He's got a special teams background. Like he's not going to be. My biggest question well. with him would be offensive coordinator because he hasn't done very good in that yeah. department. Keep Freddie. Go for it. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I'd be down for that for sure. He's way way less um, abrasive than his brother. <laughs> so w- I looked this up today. His players are, don't hate him. We already have more wins this season, than or la- an equal season? or an equal number of wins than we have since 2014, when we finished seven and nine. Well, yeah. In 2014, we lost the last five games of the year. We were seven and four. Oh my gosh! I remember. It still makes me so mad. Um, we were seven and four. Before that, we have to go all the way back to two thousand seven when we finished ten and six and didn't make the playoffs. So that would be the joke if we made the playoffs <laughs> at eight, seven, and one and didn't make the playoffs at ten and six back in two thousand seven. Um, there were teams. There were nine, uh, like three nine and seven teams that didn't make the playoffs back in two thousand fourteen when we went seven and nine. I saw. I was looking at the the old like records. It was hmm. crazy. The AFC just dominated that hmm. year. And we we were like probably the ninth or tenth best team in the AFC that year. How many times has a team gone ten and six and not made the playoffs? It can't be very often. No. Not not very often. Probably more often than a team's gone eight, seven, and one and made the playoffs. Which year was it? Who was it? Was it the Colts that got into the playoffs with a losing record? At seven and nine. At seven and nine, I think it was. I think that was a cult. Why can't we get lucky like that? They also lucked into Andrew Luck. That's ridiculous. Matthew's not very lucky this year with his picks. So every single week we decide to uh, go through the primetime games and pick who we think is going to win. We keep record of it. Well, really, Michael keeps record of it on his Excel spreadsheet. Um, And we report it back to you. Michael is proud to tell you that he is still winning. How did we do last week, Michael? We didn't pick any games because we didn't have a podcast last <laughs> week, Mark. <laughs> Oops. I've been here the week before. Oh, so that's a perfect segue um, to tell you guys that we're sorry we didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, oh, Matthew had some flooding in his house um, that he had to take care of, and Michael was out of town. I was sitting here um, at home base just waiting for them to show up, and they never did. Didn't call, didn't text. Uh, no call, no show. No call, no show. That's an automatic firing for sure. Um, but, yeah, so we, we, we're we sorry about that. Um, we wish we could have made it happen, but sometimes life just gets in the way. <laughs> That's the, the week before was, like, the most boring week we've ever had. We all picked the exact same thing, uh, and we were all one for two. So <laughs> that's, all, that's what y'all get for copying my picks. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we get. Um so last week was just a dud, so we won't even like report where we're standing at the moment. But the first game for this week, we also need to decide how we're gonna call which games we're picking, because we're entering the slate where there's Saturday games. Oof. That always does throw a wrench in things. So the but Thursday the Browns night, are also a Saturday game, which even makes it more complicated. Yeah, so I say we stick with our normal schedule. We'll just do Thursday, the Sunday night, and the Browns game. Yeah. Um, so the I Thursday say we, night. Let's throw more in the mix for the subsequent, like the oh, week to after. make up what we missed. 
to make up what we missed and so that I can make up ground on you. Um, Let's pick all the games. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, college bowl games too. Okay. Come on. So Thursday, we can do that. That'll just be one extra game because the Browns are playing on Saturday anyways. So Thursday is a fun one. L.A. Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. Chiefs favored by three and a half. Wow. So, Mark, I'm going to make you pick that one first. That's a surprisingly small line. It is a surprise. I, th- I think like two weeks ago, a lot you, of would, respect you, would for be, the, you would be shocked that that line was as close as it was. A lot of respect for the Chargers in that line. And I have a lot of respect for the Chargers, too. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Shock the world. Try to make up ground. They're playing really well right now. I mean... I think they're going to do it. You know, I like I like the Chargers if they had Melvin Melvin Gordon healthy. Even if he's back, I'm not sure with that MCL sprain that he's going to be healthy. Um, that Chargers defense is good, but Kansas City offense can score at will, and they'll they'll figure it out. I think they've taken a step back probably without Kareem Hunt in that unfortunate situation, but they'll figure it out. Pat Mahomes, unfortunate Trav- Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Like, just too good. I mean, Kansas City only beat Baltimore in overtime. Baltimore's defense is so good, though. Their offense is terrible, but their defense is so good. I don't know. I'm going to take Kansas City. And the Chargers, I think, played the Bengals this last week, too. That's that's interesting. Mark, you picked just cream. I picked the Chargers. Okay. I'm going with Kansas City. Great. My chance to make up some ground. Okay, so the next game is the early game on Saturday, so before the Browns game, is Houston at the New York Jets. Well, No one's going to watch this game. Um, and I don't really feel like we have to pick it. Houston so did find the Guess lose. the line on this game. Houston at the Jets? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be like 13 and a half or something, <laughs> right? Like, no, but the Jets are home. Yeah, so 16. I'm going to say 10. <laughs> Okay, it's eight and a half. I think we know who you're picking now. Oh, no, it's not even that much. I'm, like, sitting too far from my screen. It's six. Oh, well, wait. I'm going to go with the Texans. The Texans are only getting getting six points? The Jets are getting six points. Jets are getting six points, but I'm taking Houston. There's not a chance in hell the Jets. Wise call. Who's playing quarterback for the Jets right now? It'll be Darnold. Darnold played this last week. But there's not a chance. There's no you, like no matter what you say, you can't convince me that the Jets are going to win this game or be within six points. It's in New York. It'll be cold. I don't care. That's probably my best argument. The Jets just <laughs> the Jets just squeaked out a big win against Buffalo. But Buffalo's bad. I know. What did, also, you, did you decide to Josh because Allen, of the cold thing you're gonna go with the Jets, Michael? Yeah. Um, Great call. All right, we'll put it down. Josh, Josh <laughs> no, Allen. I'm gonna go Houston. There's Josh no Allen doubt. is legit like a really good running quarterback. Yeah, I feel like he's just pissed off because everyone made fun of him so much, and like how much they didn't want to have him as their quarterback. I, I can't even too. say that I've watched enough of Josh Allen to no, he say one way or the other. He legitimately just runs the ball. He he makes the offense productive. Because he wills the team down the field, but everything remains the same. He's not it's crazy. It's almost accurate. like 
it's almost like early years Cam Newton when they like weren't super comfortable with him throwing the ball accurately or or whatnot, and they realized that the advantage was just that they had like the six six two hundred sixty pound quarterback, right, and just made it work. I like him as a person. I kind of hope that he Who, does well. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. sure. I have nothing against him. I I just don't think he's he's a he's a little dopey still. Yeah. 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 Uh, I like those type of guys. Do you yeah. think that Buffalo is actually planning and trying to get Josh Allen to run the ball? I, I've watched it as Josh Allen's just running the ball because he's terrified and not comfortable in the pocket. Well, I, I mean, I don't who's, think he, who's he supposed to throw to at the same time? Yeah, for sure. Like Charles K. Clay is locked in at that tight end position because they gave him the worst contract in football and he's not good and they've got no wide receivers. Like Zay Jones is their – number one receiver, which is just unfortunate. You know what's uh, hilarious? You know who the Bills offensive coordinator is? No. Brian Dayball. From Alabama. Well, he was and also the Browns, the Browns offensive yeah. coordinator. But, yeah. And people are giving him credit for the Bills, like, actually being semi-competent. <laughs> He's been on these lists who of was, who head was coaching candidates. Good for him. Who was their <laughs> offensive coordinator last year? Was it Dayball? No, because he was, no, at, he was Alabama at Alabama last year. How do you how do you give him credit more than Sean McDermott? Sean McDermott took that team to the playoffs last year, and now they're not the worst team in the league. Yeah, it's just yeah, I, a I monumental agree. feat. I agree. Yeah, like Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> <laughs> like if he ever gets a link to the Hall of Fame, that's what should go on like in his speech. Like what should be on the plaque? No arguments for me. All right, what well, do we got next? Last one? All right, no, so we got two more. Yeah, two more. Two more. We're going to end with the Rams. So the Sunday night game is Philly at the Rams. The Rams favored by nine points. Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles heading to the Rams, who struggled. Scored six points. This this last week. week against the Bears. And the Rams are favored by nine points. They're favored by more points than they scored this past week. Mm. I'll pick this one first. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> after, after all that. I think it's pretty funny that that is the case, but here's the thing. the That defense that the Bears have is one of those two defenses that is like legitimately good and can control a game. And the Eagles' biggest weakness is their secondary. They cannot stop. If anybody saw what Amari Cooper did to the Eagles this last week, think about what's going to happen with the Rams offense this yeah. next week. I just don't see how those big plays are able to be stopped against an Eagles defense. I just see the Rams putting up a good number of points. Yeah, the the Eagles defense, their secondary is perhaps the worst in the league. I mean, they've got a great defensive line, a pretty good, pretty good linebackers. Malcolm Jenkins is good, but they've got nobody else after Ronald Darby went down. I mean, it's nine uh, points. So that's a lot. but So I'm going to take the Rams. I mean, they're going to go back to the drawing board, kind of hit the reset button, and I think they're going to get back on track. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, Sean McVay has proven that this is not the norm for him. I, when was the last time the Rams did this? It's never happened, actually. They've never only scored six points. Chicago's defense is really, really good. I don't know what they figured out, but I don't think that it's a permanent solution to how to contain the Rams. They just have too many weapons. 
Um, and Todd Gurley's never had a game as bad as he had last week. I think he's going to come back and on fire. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams, too. We're all going with the Ten Rams. Points. This is terrible Boo. content. Terrible content. <clears throat> hey, I'm the only one that's picked something different than you. You have picked this. You guys have picked the same <laughs> thing every time. Yeah, Matthew, I'm setting myself up for disaster this week. Um, <laughs> you should have learned picking two with weeks you. ago. Yeah. So, Browns at Broncos. The Broncos are favored by four points in this game. Oh, let's go. Browns win. I picked the Browns. So, the Broncos had a nice little winning streak. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Steelers. And then they beat the Bengals. That's not hard. Right. But, okay. So, but they won those three games. And then they just headed to San Francisco and got beat by the 49ers. So I don't know what the heck to make of the freaking Broncos. I mean, look at the Broncos' offense now. They traded Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders tore his Achilles. <laughs> All their hopes in they, Cortland they've Sutton. They've got Philip Lindsay, the little like five foot five guy running the ball. That lives at his parents' house. Lives Love at it. his parents' house. Which <laughs> does he actually? Yeah, that's awesome. He's from Denver. He's from Denver. He's undrafted. Went to Colorado. He had no idea if he'd make the team, so he just stayed at his parents' house, and he's still, still there. there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of hard to move in the middle of a football season. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, he's no, making... I'm a big fan of that. He's like, <laughs> I got to play football right now. Yeah. I don't have time for that. And I mean, he's making fine money, but it's also like, hey, I could like sock this away for the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who knows you, how long You don't this know is how long last. I'm going to be making like 500K a year. Um, no, I mean, that, that Denver offense, like what do you look to on that offense as a, as a plus? Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton looks pretty good, but... I don't want an offense with Case Keenum running the show and a tiny little running back, and that offensive line isn't great. This could be setting itself say, up for a Miles the, Garrett game. The defense is good. The defense is real good. I mean, they've we already mentioned that they have two top five um, sack producers. Yeah. Case I, Keenum is not as bad as everyone thinks. Though. Garrett Wolf is a nasty mother. Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf. Yeah. That dude is um, like terrifying looking. Like he all, is. all body team. I think it's hilarious that the Jaguars spent like tons and tons of money on Malik Jackson when Derek Wolf's like just as good and they were both on that defensive line for the Broncos and the Broncos spent like less than sixty cents on the dollar for Derek Wolf. Yeah. No, it's great. Um so your pick for this game. So what's the line? It's four. For Denver. Denver minus four? Yep. I mean, I gotta go the Browns. I like because of the Browns. And I don't I don't like Denver. I mean you just you just Browns fan. You just lost to the San Francisco 49ers with Nick Mullins as the, the quarterback. So but if the Browns lose this game, like how do you see that playing out? I get. I got your pick. Your pick's locked in. But I like. I'm transitioning to more of a game preview type conversation. No, here. I mean, if the Browns lose, I think it's it's a lot of the the storyline of how how the game against Carolina played out. Like inopportune turnovers. Like offense shooting itself in the foot. I I don't know that our defense is strong enough at the moment to win games. 
But if we have those fumbles like Jarvis Landry and Higgins had, those inopportune turnovers, kind of inopportune drops at one time or another, like if we don't score 24 points, 28 points. You think their offense like, can put up that many points? I think it's a potential. I mean, if they, I think they could score on defense. Yep. You know, like there, there could be a strip sack. I think it's all. That, gonna be, I think it's all going to be about us putting up points on the Broncos. I think yeah. that they're going to struggle to put up points on us, and we're going to just have to put, like you said, I think up we, in that low twenty. If we put range. up twenty four points, I think we win this game. And but that's the thing that I like. They are really good at getting to the quarterback, and Freddie Kitchens is really good at protecting his quarterback. And scheming the offense around creating ways that Baker is going to stay safe. So yeah. I, I like the Browns a lot in this game. I think the one thing that they're fantastic at defensively, we've been doing a very good job offensively at. Yeah. And I think we're going to be able to tic-tac around them. Von Miller against Chris Hubbard is I'm worried about Von Miller ideal. and Bradley Chubb. That, it is like the biggest concern of mine going into this game. But I don't doubt that it's – going to be schemed around but we're yeah, gonna have he's extra, not gonna they're not gonna be on an island out there like we're gonna have extra tight ends there's gonna be extra protection but it's baker's tough been when getting they're the coming ball from both sides yeah it's tough when they're coming from both sides baker's been phenomenal moving around the pocket when the pressure starts to come in though especially the last few weeks this um, is when it would be nice to have carlos hyde in the backfield to be able to pass protect maybe duke johnson will be in there a lot duke was almost absent from this game i wonder how much of that was the fact that he missed a bunch of practice time this yeah. past week because there was a family hard. deal going on um he was in on a lot of plays it's not like he wasn't in there on snaps but he didn't get touches yeah he had and a he, couple of negative runs i think any word on what that like personal issue was I think he had like a family member pass away like his grandmother yeah. passed away something like that yeah um hmm. i don't know for sure that it was his grandmother but it was someone yeah. in his family passed away no, nothing that like you expect to like linger and, and carry on just no, something that it won't affect ha- playing time you have to forward. go deal with yeah just, um, a, just a minor tragedy it's okay matthew yeah. well matthew, i mean matthew over here that not life think, doesn't matter not, not thinking about duke and his family at all just thinking about how it's gonna affect the browns no moving forward. no i'm just wondering <laughs> i'm just wondering like is it a situation where there's gonna be like look i'm all for going and dealing with family issues I'm kind of asking: Is it a is it a one week family issue, or is this a persistent family issue? That that's going to be more that, of a nuisance you... to you. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, that's hilarious. Absolutely, I've got no patience for these family issues. <laughs> um, I'm picking the Browns too. Four points with the way the Browns are playing recently. Denver just doesn't have enough going for it. Um, it is hard. You anytime you go to Denver, I think it's tough to play there. So we'll see what the team's made of. I'm excited for this challenge. Because to me, throughout the rest of the season, this is the like biggest stumbling block. Yeah, I'm not scared of the Ravens, and I'm not scared of the ben- the Bengals. Like, I don't know. I think the I Ravens will, are going to be tougher than okay, the Broncos. I will, okay, I will bet okay, so much that, money that we beat the Bengals. Though. I think so, too. Yeah. But I think the Ravens are going to be tougher than the Broncos. Um, In Baltimore, after we beat them at home. But I'm just saying that the... Where we're at in the season right now, this game like makes or breaks like where things go. Like this is the more vital game. Like week seventeen, it's like okay, here it is or here it's not. Like it's gonna happen or it's not. I feel like that's like the end point. This this is gonna have a huge impact on how we look at this season. Like whether we win or whether we lose this game this week. And so I'm 
If I'm really interested to see how if this it's goes. A springboard. And it's We're, a nationally televised Saturday night game. You know which what? will be pretty interesting too. I think that'll make We're on the Bake road. Step up We've only won bit. one road game all season. It was a good one though. It was a good one. Yeah. Let's do it again on national TV. Alrighty. You heard it here first. We're gonna do it again. Thanks right. so much for listening, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, just want to let you know, Shave Barbasol. If you join the Barbasol Shave Club, you can select from three convenient refill intervals, one, two, or four months, and enjoy free shipping directly to your home. Shave with Barbasol. Go Browns. Thank you.